Thank you for listening to Freelance Kills. This podcast is for entertainment and education purposes only. Nothing I say should be considered financial or investment advice. Please contact a registered and licensed investment advisor or tax professional for any advice on your own personal situation. This is the Freelance Kills Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bridges. A little over a decade ago, I started a career on Wall Street. I quickly realized that it wasn't the path for me. I'm currently a fashion and lifestyle photographer based in New York City. From ramen noodle diets to educating over 80,000 students on Skillshare, students have listened to over four and a half million minutes of my classes ranging from photography to finance. Freelance Kills is your resource for money, career, and personal wellness. Thanks for listening. back. I'm so happy to be recording another podcast. It's the end of October. I had to miss last week because I was inundated with work. And, you know, like I said before, that's going to happen here and there. But we're back. Um, This is going to be a great episode. I want to talk about the why of freelance kills. And I want to talk about how uh, we can all look at... um, changing our money behaviors or getting kickstarted with three sort of easy things. I hope they're easy, uh, but we'll see when we get into the episode. Anyway, welcome back. Thank you for your patience without the episode last week, and let's get it going. Okay, over the last couple of weeks, I've had, or maybe it's been years, who knows, but I've had a lot of good conversations, a lot of challenging conversations. Really, the word I'm looking for is informative conversations with people. And what I've really taken away from, you know, me trying to tell people what is this podcast about and hearing what people are struggling with in terms of their finances, money, career, things like that, is that everything is connected. I have an episode earlier in the year that is about everything being connected. But the point is, you know, why is personal wellness so vital to troubleshooting obstacles with money and career? I was talking to somebody the other day and they made mention to me that, you know, the things that they're struggling with with money is that they're horrible at saving it, you know, and then all the excuses that come with, you know, living in New York, for instance, like it's costs too much to live here. Uh, I don't make enough money, uh, you know, things like that. We've all sort of made those excuses to one another, to ourselves several times. But when I did a little bit of digging and asking, okay, so why do you have that mentality around money? Or why, why is New York so expensive? Like, is your rent crazy? Is, you know, break down some of those things that you're saying then some of the sort of easy, you know, sort of replies that we come up with, the excuses we come up with, they sort of fall apart. It is expensive to live here. Where did you choose to live? Why did you choose to live there? 
why are you paying so much money to have location in a small studio apartment that you can't afford? Why are you spending more than 25% of your income on rent? Or why is it that you don't make enough? Or is it that you feel like you don't make enough, but you have plenty of money to be able to, you know, pay for food, shelter, clothing? Break down some of those excuses that you're using so we can get to the bottom of why a statement like, I just don't save money really well, or, you know, whatever that statement is, let's break down, you know, why that's happening. But you see where I'm going here. It goes back to the question, why is personal wellness so vital to troubleshooting obstacles with money and career? Well, you know, to me, and I'm not a psychiatrist, obviously, or or therapist or anything like that, but it seems to me that we create negative attachments that don't allow us to attack the problem without being triggered. So, you know, insert your own childhood memory or insert your own uh, foible with, with debt or something like that. And once you get burned by that stove, that hot pot on the stove, you don't want to touch it anymore. You don't want to get close to it anymore. You might even not want to cook anymore. You're scarred. And so you can't peel away uh, to find that new skin. I know that's kind of gross, but you can't peel that pain away uh, to work through the trigger and get to the other side. Because money isn't really actually scary. I mean, there's some frustrating things about money. Um mentalities around money are hard to get really well uh well oiled and smooth but money itself is not that hard it really isn't save money have some fun with money put money away let it grow retire the end <laughs> anyway another thing you know i think awareness is key but we have a ton of distractions and hiccups that prevent us from having that clear vision I sort of like picture, I, I sort of picture somebody that's near farsighted, you know, looking across the room, not that far, maybe 15, 20 feet. If you're nearsighted like me, you're looking, you know, a couple feet across the room, uh, your girlfriend or your boyfriend's holding up a picture like, hey, have you seen this before or whatever? And you can't make out what that picture is. Is it a portrait? Is that a drawing, an illustration, a painting? What, what are you holding up? And then you realize, oh, crap, I don't have my contacts in. So you grab your eyeglasses that are sitting on your desk, you put them on, and boom, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, that's a really cool picture. Oh, where'd you get it? And everything becomes clear. It's that easy. But all the negative attachments, all the, the avoidance, all of the, I mean, you name it. All the things we pile into this box, the excuses, the pain, the, you know, lack mentality, like all those things we pile into a box and that creates this fog and we can't get clarity until we start unpacking that box. And the other thing that I think about is something that comes up a lot for me, especially when it comes to relationships, friendships. Uh, romantic relationships, things like that, is that it's a lot easier to avoid triggers, right? Triggers of fear or pain. They, they don't allow us to even know what's going on under the hood, to unpack that box. Because if I know the minute I start thinking about money that I'm going to break out in hives and, you know, it's going to bring up a lot of things for me that I don't want to deal with, or 
I know that I have debt. I already knew that. It's a big number. I, I, I know it's there. But every time I think about that debt, I start getting a little like frustrated and I push it away. Then I'm never going to be allowed to get under the hood and unpack or unpack that box, right? I'm just going to avoid the trigger because it's easier to just say, you know what? I'm just going to make the auto payment on my credit card, whether that takes me five years to pay off that credit card or it takes me 10 years, whatever. I don't care. At least I'm doing the right thing. I'm making the payment, right? And, you know, avoiding triggers keeps us in the dark or it keeps us sort of doing the same routine that doesn't move us forward at all. And so, Those are the three things I sort of think about when I think about why am I doing freelance kills? Why am I talking to people about money? But, but I'm approaching it from this perspective of like, instead of, you know, putting together listicles or articles about the 10 things you can do to start your retirement investing or the five things you can do to create your emergency fund or the the six things you aren't thinking about now in your personal finance. Instead of doing all that stuff, I've spent, I'm spending so much time focusing on the personal wellness piece, because I feel like if you can tackle your triggers, if you can dig a little deeper and start alleviating some of these things that cause you to make the biggest excuses to, you know, tackling your money journey, then I feel like we can sort of get rid of all the need for the extra stuff because you're going to be hungry and passionate about, or not maybe, maybe not passionate, but once all those obstacles are out of the way, it's a lot easier to just want to tackle money as if it's some other part of your normal human regimen. Like you shower and brush your teeth every day. You get a physical once a year. You get your blood work done. You get your teeth cleaned two times a year. You get your eyes checked once a year, maybe twice. I don't know. But there's just normal things you do in life that just come natural and you know they're the right things to do. You know they're the right things to focus on. You know they're the right things to pay attention to and you just do them. There's not this huge fuss. I mean, maybe for the dentist, a lot of people don't like going there. It's painful sometimes. But these are just normal hygiene things. And I think finance should be a part of normal human hygiene. You just program it in. And yet, you don't always have the doctor to go give you the expert advice or to diagnose your symptoms or to help you get through it. And a lot of this is supposed to be on your shoulders or it it can be and it should be. But if it's just part of your normal hygiene, your normal regimen, your normal just day to day or month to month thinking, it doesn't, it's not that hard. And just like, you know, learning to remodel your kitchen and doing it yourself or you know, learning to change the oil on your car, finance can actually be that easy because you don't need to get into the nitty gritty of the stuff that you might watch on CNBC. You don't, you don't need to be some sort of crazy money expert to do the bare essentials and to care about the things that are going to protect you both today and tomorrow. Not that hard. So here are three things that I think you can do right now to just start getting the wheels turning practically and mentally. So if you have debt, this first one's for you. Number one, start your $1,000 emergency fund. I've talked about this in several episodes. I've talked about it in Q and A's. I followed the Dave Ramsey method here. Start your $1,000 emergency fund. This This should be an easy, you know, or maybe it's not easy. Not everything is easy for everybody, but 
saving a thousand dollars is a short term goal, no matter what income level you're at. And obviously, if you're having trouble keeping, you know, a roof over your head and food on your plate, then this is going to be really, really hard. But for a lot of people that I know are listening to the show, saving a thousand dollars is going to be no more than, I don't know, practically saving, you know, a couple bucks from every paycheck for the next two months. So save the thousand dollar emergency fund. Number two, create a budget. And for those of you with bad money habits, um, you know, debt usually indicates some bad money habits, but it also could mean you just had to pay for school and you couldn't afford it. You picked a school you couldn't afford and you got some debt to pay off. So I'm not necessarily saying you have bad money habits, but for a lot of people creating a budget, this will be a first. A lot of us do mental math, back of the envelope math, and just sort of troubleshoot our way into not overdrafting our account. But if you have debt, this would be a good reason to be one of those people that have a budget and a budget they stick to. So create a budget. And number three, relating back to all the things I'm talking about with personal wellness and, and mental health in terms of tackling why do you have bad money debt, get to the bottom or sorry, bad money habits, get to the bottom of your bad money habits. Was it just a big one-time mistake? Is that why you've accrued all this debt? Do you spend money when you're sad or frustrated using it like a crutch? Do you naturally have a proclivity towards spending over saving? Did your parents pass along bad uh, money habits or bad habits in general? What is your mentality around money? And this is the pain part. This is the scary part. This is the part where you actually have to turn into yourself, ask yourself why you're having so much trouble figuring out your money situation. And if you need to journal a little bit, if you need to do some mindfulness activity, if you need to stretch this goal out over a couple weekends, fine. But the goal is to get to the bottom of it. And it's super important. Because no, nothing I can tell you on this podcast is ever going to really strike with any sincerity or really get under the surface for you other than saying, oh, yeah, great. That's great advice. I can't look, can't wait to uh, follow it. Nothing is going to get below the surface in a real way, a real tangible way, in a way that you can actually internalize it and make it a part of your life until you've cleared out all the junk. Now, for my people out there that have no debt, and it doesn't matter whether you've just paid it all off or you've never accrued debt in the first place. This, these three things are for you. One, start your six to nine month emergency fund. If you need more help with this, I covered in my Skillshare class um, about money habits. So just go on to Skillshare.com. You can just type in my name, Justin Bridges, um, or type in modern money habits and it should pop up. So I've, I speak about the emergency fund. I even have an Excel spreadsheet resource on it. But you can take the Skillshare course and figure out how to save your, your emergency fund, figure out how that plays into your budget, et cetera. Um, but also, I talk about the emergency fund in episode two, which I recorded and released back in March, uh, back in March, I think it was March 20th. Number two, decide on a savings rate right effing now. Decide on a savings rate. That easy. Just decide on a savings rate and then hold yourself to it. <laughs> Don't think too deep into it. Just decide on a savings rate right now and don't look into it. Don't look too deep into it. And obviously, if you need to back it up later because you've picked a number that's way too high, that's fine. But I think just like lifting weights, for instance, 
if you're trying to build muscle, you got to lift something that's a little hard, that causes you a little pain, that causes you to think, oh, I might fail and drop the weight. You got to challenge yourself. So if 10% savings rate is easy, go with 15 or 20%. Try to find that bleeding edge of pain that allows you to stretch towards it. If you're stretching towards a savings goal, not only is it going to cost you to cause you to not spend as much money, it's going to cost you to save more, but it's also going to, what I think, cause you to work harder at generating extra income or finding a job that pays better or whatever it may be. It's going to put you in a mind state that, hey, I got to build this money muscle. How am I going to do that? And because you're challenged, you're going to start building other skills. You're going to start working in other ways that you didn't know you could do. You know, no matter if you are full-time or freelance, decide on a savings rate. It can be a percentage of every check that you receive. Um, you know, you decide how you want to calculate it on how you want to sort of practically do it, but just decide on a savings rate. And I think, I personally think, the minimum savings rate we should all focus on is 15%, but I'm okay with you easing in uh, with a different number, something lower. You know, it doesn't matter. The point is, again, again, savings rate. Pick one, go for it. And just as an aside, you can decide, hey, I'm going to just save this as cash for now, or you can have this be contributed directly to a retirement or investment account. I don't care. Just pick a savings rate. Sorry, I'm reiterating this so much, but I think you just got to get started. And remember, if you are freelance, if you freelance, this is above and beyond the portion you set aside for your tax payment. So just make sure you do the mental math there or the Excel math or whatever it is. And number three, the mental health piece. Think about your money goals and ask yourself, have I taken any of these goals very seriously? I think that many people find it infinitely more easy to save for short-term, large, but not crazy money goals. For instance, I need to save $5,000 for a used car or saving, say, $2,000 for a vacation to Europe. Obviously, I don't know what you spend. I'm just making up numbers. So, you know, some of us go on bougie vacations. Some of us go on, you know, budget backpack vacations. So whatever your thing is, you know, insert the number. But... It's hard to take a concrete leap to say a 20% down payment for a $300,000 house, which if you haven't done the math that quickly, it's $60,000. That's a big goal. And doubling down, it's even harder to figure out how much you need to save for retirement, especially when the number is going to be seven digits long. So the bigger and bigger the number, the more abstract it gets and the more we shut down mentally. It's harder to sort of draw the straight line between maybe the five to $10,000 we've saved up and the $60,000 goal or the $100,000 goal, uh, you know, 10 years down the line or five years down the line. Maybe we don't even know how long it'll take us to save X amount of money because we don't have a budget. We don't have any clue, you know? So, yeah, you got to think about these things. So yeah, the bigger the number, the more abstract these goals get, but we need to figure out, are we taking these goals seriously? Have we actually tried to reverse engineer these savings goals? Do we even have the big, larger savings goals? And if we don't, why not? You know, why aren't you taking your long-term money goals seriously? Is it fear? Is it confusion or lack of knowledge? 
again, if you know you want to buy a house, maybe part of that fear, that confusion or that lack of knowledge is like, okay, I know I want to buy a house in the future. I don't even know what my budget should be for it. I don't know what my budget should be for it because I know it's going to be a big number, period. And I don't want to look into it because I also have $25,000 worth of debt or I don't even want to say that because that's really for topic one, but maybe it's because I've only saved $20,000 or $10,000 and I'm 30, I'm 35. I've taken a long time to really get my head on straight and start saving anything at all. So thinking about a $100,000 goal or whatever is scary and I'm confused. I don't know where to start. I don't even want to look at it, right? So why aren't we taking these long-term goals seriously? Meaning why haven't we written any more down than just this abstract idea of I want to buy a house or I want to retire at 45, et cetera, et cetera. I also find that lack of knowledge can be a crutch too. I know people that have told me year in and year out, we should talk sometime since you know all this stuff about money and you're an expert. Yeah, we should catch up. I want to ask you some questions. I have no clue where to start. That's what I always hear. They said it in 2018. They said it in 2019 and they damn sure said it in 2020 when the world fall apart, fell apart is falling apart. (laughs) What's actually keeping you from finding information when you have an expert friend and the internet is a wash and good, valuable content. And there's a ton of podcasts too. I mean, you can literally throw a dart in any direction and find decent information on finance. So what is keeping you from tapping that knowledge base? You're really using that as a crutch. I'm here. I'm here. I offer both uh, coaching for money, and, and I don't think it's crazy expensive considering how valuable this kind of information is, but I also do this podcast for free. If you have a Skillshare account, you know, signing up for a membership is, I mean, it's not no more than 15, 16 bucks a month, and you can take my class on it. That's a ch- one of the cheapest ways to take a class on finance, but there's probably some other people on there that might teach something around your business or around whatever it is. There's so many places to get free content too. So, you know, people use this crutch of like, oh, I don't know where to start or I just don't know what I'm doing or whatever those phrases that we've all said to ourselves and that we say to outwardly to other people. It's time to just hold yourself accountable. If you don't know the information, go find it. The end. And you got somebody like me that's a resource. So use your resources. Use the people around you that know a little bit more about money than you do. If your parents know something about money, don't be afraid to talk to them. But the more important thing is not necessarily how do you go fix that issue. The more important question is what's under the surface that's keeping you from addressing that issue. We want to wipe these foundational obstacles out. We want to get rid of them and clear a path for no longer making excuses in the first place. So that is episode 29, why personal wellness is key to figuring out everything in both your career and in money and three ways to sort of kickstart your work in both saving money, creating stability, and really the most important part, getting those cobwebs, those emotional triggers out of the way and clearing a path to being better with all the things that we want to tackle in life. Hope you enjoyed another week and looking forward to being with you in your ears again next week. 
Have a great rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Before I go, I know it probably gets annoying to hear, but I got to say it because I don't know, I watch a bunch of other YouTubers and podcasters do the same exact thing. So I'm going to just imitate things that seem to work. If you're getting value from the show, please make sure to subscribe. If you have an extra minute or two, go on iTunes, go whatever platform that you're listening, write a review, leave a rating, all that good stuff. If there's somebody in your life, a colleague, a friend, a family member that you feel could get value from the show as well, please just share it with one person. Not a hard ask. You just hit the little dots at the top right corner or the little up arrow thing and share this episode or the podcast in general with a friend or family member, or whatever, through text or share it on social media. Do whatever feels right, feels uh, good. And lastly, it's hard to fit all this stuff in a busy day. It's hard uh, to do all the things that we all do. But because I'm doing this for free, hoping that it'll benefit you and reap you much, much money and success. If you have a moment and $5 or even $20 or whatever you feel comfortable leaving, please contribute and uh, to the show. I, you know, I pay to, to make this podcast with my time my effort and actually I spend money on the equipment and the hosting and all this other stuff. So anyway, my point is, uh, if you're feeling generous, you know, donate a couple bucks, uh, to the podcast monthly that always helps. And lastly, last housekeeping thing I'm coaching and I don't really talk about it a lot, but I'm offering coaching. So if you are a photographer and want to learn more about the business or have questions you need answered about technique or the business itself, I'm happy to coach. Uh, if you, just have questions about finance or career in general. I'm happy to help you navigate uh, this challenging career. Um, I mean, any challenging career, whatever. But I'm, I'm happy to help you uh, work through your issues, your problems, and see through to the other side and collaborate. So if you want to learn about coaching, head over to freelancekills.com slash coaching and uh, check it out. Anyway, have a great rest of your week and I look forward to checking in with you next week. See you.